What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we might have missed today's pod because of, you know, the holiday that we just had. But don't worry, we didn't forget our crossover with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. He's on to discuss the state of the NL West as always. And we're drafting another draft, drafting the players and teams that have exceeded expectations from the first half of the season. All on today's Locked on Diamondbacks crossover. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, thatmyportfolio.com. I'm there. You can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks, your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And today's episode is actually brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Now, without further ado... Let's bring on the man of the hour to discuss the division and do another draft as we always do. Javier is of Lockdown Padre. Pew, pew, pew. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Featuring me with contacts on. Pretty wild stuff. But don't worry, I still have the hat on, uh, listeners and, and who everybody who knows. Don't worry, I still have the hat on. But, uh, you know, just, just, just hanging in there, enjoying the holiday, and hoping that maybe it propels me into being more happy about baseball. I mean, the Padres have won their last uh, couple games. They might be responsible for the death of the Los Angeles angels, which makes me kind of sad actually. Uh, um, But at least we're winning and you know, that's all you can hope for these days, right? Yeah. And speaking of the NL West and just things going on that division right now, because it's been kind of a weird last couple of weeks for that division because the D-backs haven't been playing good baseball. If you actually look at the D-backs last 20 games, they're nine and 11 during that stretch. But at the same time, the Dodgers are like five and five or their last 10 and the Giants are four and six over the last 10. And it would have been a good time for the Padres to make up some ground there, but they've been three and seven over the last 10 games as well. So right now the whole NL West just kind of, in a little bit of a funk, but if the Padres do want to get back in the race and want to make up a little ground, it might be the best time to do it right now when you got the three teams ahead of you struggling a little bit right now. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's a great point, and this the ebbs and flows of the baseball season, right? It's why you mm-hmm. can't fully give up, uh, despite how hysterical I've been over these past couple of weeks, yeah. um, particularly. But you know, it's just. It's tough. And, and again, I mean, the Angels were looking the Angels are a good example of this, too. They're looking really good. And yes, their division's pretty, pretty strong, but they're they're playing really well. You have all the Shohei Otani stuff. And, 
you know, then they come into the series with the Padres where they lose the first game and Mike Trout gets hurt. He's at four to eight weeks. I think that got announced actually a little bit before we even started recording this. And then you have Shohei Otani who had to get pulled out of the second game of his start with like a blister kind of issue. And they don't know if he's going to miss the all-star game. Really rough stuff for the Angels. So uh, this is all to say that fortunes can change very quickly in baseball. The vibe can change very quickly. There's a reason why everyone jokes about how it's just like you win one game. and You're like, we're back, you know, like immediately. That's what it feels yeah. like. But uh, in fairness to justify if there were to be a turnaround for the Padres, they certainly have the talent for it. Uh, it would not be out of nowhere for guys like Xander Bogarts and Soto and May Machado to really, you know, kick it into gear, even a Cronenworth type, you know, for them, for them to play better. Like if I told you at the end of the season, all the, all those guys kicked it up a notch in the second half, that wouldn't be that surprising. So I think that's, that's the small grain of hope I have for Padres fans. What about you, man? Yeah, I'm definitely someone that rides the emotional roller coaster after every D-backs win. I think mm. we're winning the World Series. And then after every loss, I'm like, all right, we might not even make it to the postseason this year. So I'm definitely a person <laughs> that to like relax a little bit more um, because baseball is played every day. So it, it's easy to either turn me up or turn me down just because I always have to watch this every day. And sometimes it gets super stressful um, when you're going through something like that every day. Very, very traumatic what the baseball season does to us. But talking about the Angels, I mean – I've been talking with Sully Baseball on our pod just about how, you know, these next few weeks are probably the biggest pitchfork potentially in Angels history because mm. if you're still in it in the wild card mix and the playoff mix come the deadline, then maybe you get aggressive and really try to push all your chips in, really show to uh, show Otani that you're committed to building a winning environment. But now it's like Trout might be out two months. Maybe Otani misses, you know, a, a turn or two in the rotation. If all of a sudden the Angels go into a little slide, entering the deadline, maybe they're like all of a sudden nine games back of the division, maybe like five, six games back of a wild card spot. Like, is it time to like pack up your bags if you're the Angels and reevaluate how you expected the rest of the season to go and even start thinking about, you know what, maybe it's time we have to start fielding those Otani offers because it doesn't look like our playoff hopes are going to be you know, in lock with Mike Trout potentially missing two months. And then is Otani want, is he going to want to stay on a team that misses the postseason another year? I mean, it's such a good division. I feel bad. I really do feel bad for the angels. I know our boy, Stephen A. Smith, just going off on how nobody cares about the angels, which is a questionable take to have as like, when you rarely talk about baseball on that show. And then you're like, all right, here's my take. No one cares about that team. It's like, all right, dude, like great, great angle, I guess, sort of. I've heard that before. Um, it's just like the, the proud ignorance is a weird take sometimes that uh, people have of every sport. It happens literally all the time in every sport, particularly uh, baseball, I feel. But I just think, um, yeah, I mean, the Angels, It's they had like a 20% chance to make the postseason anyway. Part of that being the Rangers just being so, so good. I think Seattle's my big bounce back team for this uh, second half, personally. Um, and then you've still got the Astros, obviously. The only really bad team there is the A's, and they're atrocious. But it's it's a tough division. So on top of that, on top of how they had to play, you lose these guys. You don't know how long Otani's out, but it makes you wonder. And, hey, if there's anyone who's going to get you a pretty sizable return, it would be this guy. So do they pull the trigger on that? It would make what looks to be, in my opinion anyway, a fairly tame, mild trade deadline. If Shohei Otani starts getting on the block, that that blows everything up. That makes the oh, yeah. Soto trade from last year look like 
not like nothing because they still have the control and all that, but in terms of just the blockbuster, the entertainment value, that's like an NBA quality, like, you know, buzz and drama uh, type of thing. If Shohei Itani were to move, I think it's the savvy move, but I'm not going to blame Angels fans or management for being like, wow, we're really going to be remembered as the team that squandered with Mike Trout and Shohei Itani. So I can understand if they just stick it out. But hey, who knows? Um, I'm I'm really I'm really rooting for them though. I want to see Shohei Itani in the postseason. And I just don't even know how you have that trade discussion of a return. Like you pull up that Juan Soto deal. You start with that. You say, look at all these top 100 guys, top blue chip prospects that we got back in that Juan Soto deal. Because, I mean, the Nationals got back a bunch with the McKenzie Gores and you got the Abrams and the James Woods. So if you're like (laughs) trading Otani, you're like, I need your top 15 prospects in your system right it's like what what what's the value of otani on the trade market it might just be honestly too tough like the smart move might to might be trading otani before he hits free agency because i think if otani does hit free agency i think it's gonna be tough for the angels to bring it back unless they're like here's 750 million over a 10-year period that might be the only way to bring it back because there's nothing they could point to it's not like he could go talk to mike trout and mike trout's gonna give him sound advice as to why he should be an angel going forward you know mike trout might be trying to get out of there after this season too if Otani leaves this free agency like that's that's actually a good I, I would like to know what's going on in Mike Trout's head I know I always give him crap but I actually want to know like how he feels about the whole situation and like if it's another year where he's mired with injury and the Angels leave like at what point does Mike Trout get fed up and he's like we just lost the greatest teammate I ever had who was having arguably the greatest season ever there's no path to us getting better we're paying Rendon one of the worst contracts in Major League Baseball like at one at what point does Mike Trout say I want the faces of this game I need to pull in the NBA empowerment era and honestly just request a trade out of LA that's what I want to see from Mike Trout that would make me a Mike Trout fan right there it's it's funny because it's like how often do we even see trade requests in baseball never you know what I mean like we never see that and there's a bunch of different reasons for that but yeah maybe pulls like a maybe he's been doing the Damian Lillard thing for too long and now he has to finally ask out I mean it would it would put two stars on the market right so I don't know I mean I just I I remember predicting very funny uh, that I thought that um what's it called um, that I thought Mike Trout, this would be the year he finally snaps as one of my predictions. And I just thought, how how much abuse can one man take? To quote mm. Mission Impossible Fallout, how many times must this team turn their back on him before he says, I've had enough? It might happen, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I wish they would from just a appreciator of talent and wanting to see what it looks like if he's on any other team. But sheesh. Um, again, seriously, though. Pouring out for the Angels fans. I'll do it right now. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Sorry, Angels fans. You know, it's post-4th of July. We'll pour Glizzy out for you uh, (laughs) in the name of Angels fans. Sorry, guys. But, uh, you know, Javi and I now, we're going to do a little draft, drafting the players slash teams. You could do either or that have exceeded expectations for the first half of this season. Mm -hmm. But before we get there, Javi, I first need to tell our listeners about a new sponsor that we now have for the podcast. And I use this for my own fantasy. I'm in a dynasty league on the sleeper app, who is our sponsor sponsor today. Um, My sleeper team actually did pretty good last year. We didn't win it all. Mm. Surprise, surprise, Javi. But I did finish top three, did win my money back at least. So in the end, it was a a free season. And uh, sleeper was really helpful with giving me tips and tricks on how to 
build the best fantasy team. And also on Sleeper, it's also daily fantasy app. So you could go on there and place money. Like right now, I'm going on there tonight. I'm taking Vlad Guerrero and Aaron Judge to go yard on the Sleeper app because why not? If you want to 100x your money on daily fantasy baseball, Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for up to a 8 pick contest choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs strikeouts hit some more get your picks right and you can win big you get safe and fast withdrawals entries can be made in 30 seconds or less it's that easy so go to sleeper use promo code locked on and you'll get a and you'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states so check out sleeper today All right, and don't forget you can catch every D-backs and Padres pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and either search up Diamondbacks or Padres. Now, officially back here with Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres, and it is now time because this is going to be our new weekly thing when you get the crossover with Javier and I. We love doing these little drafts. It's a fun mm-hmm. time. You get to do make up a topic, and you get to just inject your opinion, a little bit of fun into the podcast. You know, not everything has to be super analytical, and we can still get analytical and and, and really get into the nerdy, nitty-gritty stuff, but it also allows us to have a little bit of fun with a sport of baseball that could be black and white sometimes so javi for today i actually have a real quarter wow he did it yes yes and now (laughs) we're gonna after learning after last week learning from our mistakes do you want heads or tails i'm 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 sticking with tails what can i say i gotta stick with tails here we go all right i I dropped i I got it right here we're gonna flip it over and it is oh even after the flip it's a tails for the youtube audience so javi gets the number one pick there is a clear-cut consensus number one pick of the top player or team has exceeded expectations for 2023 after the last draft sometimes javi likes to start hot but then by the end he's like ah do i really want to win this thing so we'll see how aggressive javi wants to get on today's draft in terms of winning this thing (laughs) javi start us off First of all, I appreciate your backwards, like sneaky way of making fun of me. That was excellent work by you. Thank you. It, it's it's tough because part of me wants to, you know, do I pick a player or a team? Yeah. It's and tough. I think I'm going to pick a team because I don't think that there's that many teams that are like, oh my gosh, like there's some like mildly surprising teams like yours. But I think the Diamondbacks were kind of like a hmm. sleeper for a lot of people. So for me, though, because I think that there's only like a couple teams that it fits. I'm going with the Miami Marlins as a whole. Uh, They have to be up there. I think that when you take into account how bad they they splurged last offseason on in their in their um, relative terms on on Jorge Soler and Abisil Garcia. And those guys were terrible. Jorge Soler was hurt. Garcia was hurt and terrible when he played all sorts of things. And then they they just they missed on so much. Right. And then heading into this year, it's like, yeah, you have the Cy Young guy. But considering that your Cy Young pitcher, who we talked about last week, has been horrid, you would think if I just told you that one factoid, oh my gosh, are they even 
worse than the Nationals? No, in fact, they've been awesome this year. And a big reason for that, and I think Kim Ang and management deserves a lot of credit, Luis Arias has been great. Jorge Soler, put in just a DH spot, has been great. Brian De La Cruz, I'm saying this because a good friend of mine is a Marlins fan, so I know, unfortunately, way too much about this team. And they've been getting big, big bullpen contributions on guys like A.J. Puck, right? And, you know, Jesus Lazardo has been very good for that team. They just have a lot of pieces and a lot of depth led by Arise, and Arise is this super fun player who just gets you four hits every single night, and it's awesome to watch. And I'm really amped for them because I think that on paper, that roster was definitely not supposed to be um, as good as it's been and definitely not in second place in the National League East that has teams like the Phillies and the Mets. Mets being a 101 team, Phillies making it to the World Series last year. For them to be 50 and 37, I think is absolutely tremendous. And they have such a good vibe to them, too. So shouts to the Marlins figuring out ways to get runs and win games. They're my biggest surprise. Don't know if it'll stick for the rest of the season. But as of right now, we're drafting first half. So that's why I'm going to pick the full team, Miami Marlins. Wow. A little, I was a little bit surprised. I think mm-hmm. they're a worthy pick. I do think they're a surprise. I don't know if they're my number one overall pick for surprises. Mm-hmm. A guy like Sully Baseball, he might have told you he had them picked for the postseason entering the season. Mm-hmm. I had very similar thoughts on both the D-backs and Marlins entering the year. I think I like the D-backs more, but I was like, you know what? Marlins are going to be competitive. They're going to have one of the best rotations in the National League. It's all about can that offense get enough runs? And when you got a bat, when you got a guy batting nearly 400, halfway through the season he's going to uh, supplement a lot of that offense so I like the Marlins at number one overall I don't think it would have been my pick but yeah they're definitely in consideration as one of the biggest surprises I mean I think the fact that they're in the NL East kind of devalues their like how we view them a little bit because they would lead like five other divisions in Major League Baseball but because they're in the division (laughs) with like the best team in the Atlanta Braves it doesn't make them look as high on a pedestal as some other teams who you just see them in first place even though they may have the same or worse record than the Miami Marlins so I do like the pick I just don't know if I would have went with them number one but now Whew, number two is actually kind of tough because I thought you would have taken one of these two. Mm-hmm. Now, three but- off mind games, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we you think I don't know how to draft, man. I'm throwing them off. Look at him. He's shaking in his seat because now I'm like, you know, I want to go with this one pick. You know, there's one pick I want to mm-hmm. go right here, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm actually going to go not with the heart here. I'm going to go with the brain because I always, I'm trying to win this thing, Javi. I'm going with the brain. <laughs> I'm going with a team that. It's a little bit recency bias because of how hot they've been over the last month. But I'm going with the Cincinnati Reds, who are currently mm. leading the NL Central. And that was a division where it's like coming into the year, we we're like, OK, it's the St. Louis Cardinals to lose. Like we might have thought they were the biggest favorite, not because the Cardinals were the best team. But we just thought the four other teams in that division, at least three of them with the Cubs, the Reds and the Pirates, are like those are three teams are just not going to be in the postseason. And the Brewers, they might try the first half of the season and then come to the deadline, trade away all their starting pitcher so it was like there was only one team I was interested in that I respected entering the season now I'm looking up I'm like the Reds only have three less wins than the D-backs LA Dela Cruz is probably going to finish runner up to Corbin Carroll like this Reds team does not have like any pitchers I don't know how they do it but they score runs. They play a really fun brand of baseball. They're kind of playing all the new baseball metrics with the speed and using a little small ball, getting chaotic on the bases, still playing great defense. So I think the Cincinnati Reds at more than halfway through the season being in first place, almost 10 games above 500. I am shocked 
by this resurgence that they've had this year because I still, on paper, talent-wise, I think they're one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, but yet they're leading their division, which I think is absolutely crazy. It's a fair pick. It's a fair pick. I actually almost thought um, of picking uh, what's his face, Ellie De La Cruz. And yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but just in the sense of how immediately good he's been, he just hit a oh, home run. Fair. Actually, I have him in fantasy. It just feels like, and it's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's like he's like already becoming this like top twenty player that everyone wants in the home run derby. So that was a little bit surprising. But yeah, I mean the Reds. What I think they deserve a lot of credit for. Unlike Oakland, which granted, there's a bunch of reasons why this happened, cheap ownership, blah, blah, blah. They rebuilt perfectly. Uh, Yes, it was unfortunate the way they were competitive and they have this weird obsession with making moves when they're bad. But when they're good, they don't make moves. It's very odd. I still haven't figured out what their uh, uh, philosophy is on that. But, hey, they rebuilt really well and they still have guys like Noel V. Marte. Like they still have the. The, the fruits of the Luis Castillo trade to be excited about, not yeah. to mention Ellie Bella Cruz and just good overall vibes entirely. Jonathan India is pretty good. Their pitching staff is interesting, albeit flawed. They're very young, very raw yeah. talent, but that you cannot be happier. Uh, this is like peak, but even if they don't make the postseason, even if they don't win the division, I guarantee you Reds fans are already like, this is so much more than we could have asked for. So I think that they're just having a, a good old time. So shots. Yeah. I see Luke Weaver in a playoff rotation, which would be absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Cruz was on my like long list. He did make like an honorable yeah. mention for me because yeah, we talk about, we always say one baseball player can't change, you know, your fortune or your franchise. I felt like Dela Cruz has come up and just ignited that whole thing and sparked that and been the catalyst to that whole offense recently. So maybe one guy can at least make a little mm-hmm. bit of an impact on the entire franchise, but who do you got? Number three, Javi. Number three, I don't think I'm going to go with uh, the the one that you're thinking, but it's it's tough. It's tough, but I think, look, he has had success before, this player. He's had very good success before, specifically, you you know, using the right matchup. This team loves doing platoon matchups. They have a lot of solid players that do well for them. But even still, for a guy who had a 0.2 F4 last year, largely because he was hurt, and even before that, it was a 1.6. I'm going with the San Francisco Giant, Mr. Lamont Wade Jr., okay. who is like, look, and again, let me let me stress, like he has been effective in certain situations before, 116 WRC plus two years ago, but last year not as good. And it was like, oh, okay, anybody can have just one good season. But this year, 141 WRC plus. And here's the kicker. What if I told you this man was just <coughs> Wow, look at me. I'm already getting sick just having to say what I'm about to say. What if I told you he was just discount, not without the name brand Juan Soto? This man has a 400 on base right now. 412 to be exact. He's, you know, not slugging the ball as much as Soto, only nine home runs on the season. But the fact that he's, you know, walking nearly as much as he's striking out is incredible, um, given that this is kind of a no-name guy. And he's been really solid. Don't get me wrong. Again, used in the right matches before, he has been effective. Any Giants fan will probably tell you that, but nonetheless, deserves to be up there. The fact that he is, let me see, I'm actually going to check right now. He is fourth in on-base percentage in Major League Baseball. Like, arise, okay. Soto, yeah, that makes sense. Acuna, that makes sense. Lamont Wade Jr., it's just pretty nuts. And as 
a little bit of this like weird symbolic thing of how things are going for the Padres where they had to give up all this stuff for Soto and the Giants seem to have just plucked someone who while not as good as he certainly is worth more in value considering everything that the Padres gave up and I don't think the Giants gave up you know all that much for Lamont Wade right so if you look at it from that perspective I think he's my most surprising batter so far of 2023. Wow, Javi just wants me to win this draft. I don't mind Lamont Wade at all. That was a solid pick. He coming <laughs> off if you compare him to last year, then yeah, he's having a night and day season. But if you go a little baseball reference and just check two years prior, he was an MVP candidate. If you care about 21st in MVP voting, tied with Buster Posey and Kevin Gosman, two former. What was Giants. that? 2020? Yeah, 2021 in 109 games. Yeah, he finished. Yeah, he got one That's vote. Weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> he got one vote. That is not count. How dare you? He got one point. He got one point in the MVP voting. So we're saying an MVP candidate is exceeding expectations by doing what he's already done How before. Don't listen and, to him, ladies and gentlemen. Don't listen to him. He's trying to sway your opinion. Stop it. That is crazy as the number three pick. Let me go with the correct pick that Javi should have won because, oh my God, at number two and number four, I'm picking the two best values on the board still. Ooh, this thing is shaking up just how I wanted to. Now we get to lean into my favorite thing, homerism, because at the number four slot, I'm drafting my team, the Arizona Dimebacks. And why shouldn't I? Because at game You're eight, drafting the team. Yeah, I'm taking the whole, team, the whole I could have. I have Corbin Carroll on the list, but because he was given a fat contract before the season and every. I thought you were going to go Guriel. That's what I, I thought went, you were going to do. Guriel's. A solid pick. Um, I do think he's put up similar numbers. To, I honestly don't even know why he's been voted into all. He has like all-star level numbers, but he's put up numbers similar to this before. So I'm surprised mm-hmm. this is like the year for him, um, yeah, even though he point. is having like a little bit of a breakout season. But I'm going with the D-backs because entering the year, I did think they were going to take a step forward. But I thought a perfect season for the D-backs was going to be 500 team. Just keep me interested August, September. Just keep me four games back with three weeks left to play, and I would have been happy from this D-back season. But now we're at, like, what, game 85, 86, 87? We're more than halfway through this thing. And the D-backs, not commanding lead, okay? But even after going below 500 in their last 20 games, they're still leading this division by a couple games, and they're doing it over the Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants. Teams that are not afraid to, afraid to spend money. Teams that are not afraid of commitment to winning like those are stellar franchises or teams that are putting it all on the line when it comes to putting money on the field those guys are not afraid to spend money those guys are not afraid to go out there and make a big move in the offseason or deadline the d-backs have just been clutching their purse building this thing homegrown trying to get the talent through the farm system and it's worked they've been hitting on these cheap guys a couple relievers in free agency everything has clicked for the d-backs so am i surprised that they're having like above 500 season no, but more than halfway through the year, they look like the second best team in the National League as it currently stands and the best team in the division. I am surprised by that. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage insight. We'll recap this series against the New York Mets and part two with Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres drafting the players and teams that have exceeded the expectations the most in the first half of this season. So come back for that. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. If you do listen every day, put hashtag everydayer in the comment section on YouTube. Don't forget, you can catch every D-backs pitch on the hometown broadcast when you download this series XM app and search up Diamondbacks. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.